it was the Hardy Boy mission and charge to unravel. Sounds from the stars sometimes it's pure babble, but back to the gravel. We comb the blocks, looking for the predators that roam the blocks. Not a gang or taxpayer outsmart the fox. It's the red tape and politics that run the blocks. Put up a grid of the city and connect the dots. Residents, our meal tickets must protect the stock. Investment in Glock tasers and black jackets. Interacting with scholars on down to crack addicts. Deadbeat dads vanishing like black magic. Plus, moms prostitute to survive, and that's tragic. Traffic stops recorded on dashboard cams or tenants complaining about landlord scams. And that's only part of what's addressed on the beat. Plus, there's tension at the station, so it's stressed on the street. No sweet taste for tongues that don't eat meat. Rising in the ghetto, sometimes we don't meet. Colder, tired of the odor of the street. Tired of the street, like tired of the freaks. Tired of the I ain't mean to do it. Help a brother out, fam. You ain't really black. Dispatch is eyes and ears, that's the way it works. All points, you'll attend units, stay alert. Patrol car cruising down the strip. Got a tip that some dope boys about to pop flip for a grip. Jib told the whole story, now we out like Cape Crusaders. Trying to elevate the ranks like elevators. They are haters from our disposition is. Just a job, black, tell them what our mission to is. To protect the service, my vocation. From tracking the violator of probation to surveilling the location. Hostage negotiation, show the patience. Employed when we avoid violence but no ovation. Clap, clap, the guns go, fun's never possible. Living in the city where your skin is an obstacle. Whether you a cop or a shop on the front end. With bricks in the back, man, it don't mean nothing. Now my partner giving history lessons But we're progressing Got another perk in back of the car He ain't confessing Another brother going on chill He looking guilty as hell But at the same time I'm thinking it's ill Charles Wright who's a pioneer Member of the force from a youth I took the path resembling this course And was raised in the neighborhoods of age and patrol As a child the past had to change the pay for my soul All right, welcome back to Too Blue to Be Black, Too Black to Be Blue. I'm your host, Marv Desarge, and you are tuned in to uh, My Tribe Network Radio, powered by Brass Radio 1. It's uh, the last day in May, May 29, 2020, and uh, this has been one heck of a uh, start of the year. We are uh, about three weeks into four 
murders. And for that, dial in number 585-653-0021. 585-653-0021. I got uh, Blake in studio, actually local. Mm-hmm. Yo, yeah. yo. Talk it up. And then also I got the good Bishop. Yes, sir. All right, all right. And then last but certainly not least, man, the man of the hour, uh, the good Lieutenant Pierre. Yeah, what's going on, fellas? <laughs> all right, man. Good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> Rome is burning. Rome is burning. I mean, um, when I was talking with the guys offline, I said, hey, you know, we got a couple of topics uh, really that are, that are uh, pressing right now. We got uh, IQ45 in his war with Twitter which finally is being fact-checked. And uh, and then the second uh, topic on today, and, and when I said the second topic, I said, you know, if we got anything else to talk about, they said, man, what else is there to talk about? And, of course, we all know uh, we got uh, uh, Mr. Flood, uh, Floyd, rather, who was murdered uh, on video. I mean, it just, you know, I'm still, like, shaking uh, both from shock and then anger you know, that, uh, you know, just the last three weeks we've been talking about, you know, this white privilege and this white identity of superiority where we got a, a, re- a retired or off-duty officer killing a man in broad daylight jogging. We got uh, a female EMT sleeping in her bed, uh, shot dead uh, with a, a, a obviously um, bad uh, no-knock uh, warrant executed. And then, uh, of course, the other young man that was killed on 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 his Facebook uh, while running from the police. And then this one, man. I mean, you know, for passing, and we still say allegedly passing a uh, bad twenty, a, a fake twenty, or a forged check or whatever. Uh, but to be choked, man. Uh, you know, asphyxiated, strangled by three officers kneeling on his back, his legs, and his neck until he was dead, uh, you know, while people, while he pled for his life and while people pled for his life is just inhumane. So, I, you know, I want to get that started uh, with you guys, uh, you know, on this uh, Free Your Mind Friday uh, because truly uh, the, the country needs a, a freeing of their mind because, I, I, you know, I don't know, man. It, what, P, you know, jump in, man. What's, what's your feelings? Because, I, like I said, I'm, I'm just beside myself right now. You know, I'm I'm very I'm very disheartened. I am because you know, being in you know being in in law enforcement, active law enforcement for over 30 years, and continuing in you know law enforcement and criminal justice, you know, uh, teaching, consulting, uh, working with the federal government, you know, homeland security. It's just remarkable that these individuals in uniform will risk their jobs, risk their freedom risk their lives to engage in conduct which is just plain outrageous i mean you got four police officers in minnesota first of all it appear it, it, it very well appears that a homicide occurred now i'm not going to sit here right now and say that that idiot cop intended to kill that person right mr floyd right i'm not going to say that i can't say that right now however we all know that anyone's course of conduct can result in a homicide, which now will have to be determined whether it's criminally negligent or it's a manslaughter or if it's a murder. 
Okay, that's that's the evidence and the court and the and the statements and witnesses that determines that level of homicide. Nobody in their right mind can say. And there are some silly ass people out there saying, "Well, we don't know what really occurred." Uh, yes, we do. We have six, five, six different angles on what occurred. He was not fighting the police. He was not resisting. He was under control. He was uh, basically uh, in bondage because he was handcuffed. All right. He was in control. It was almost, I hate to use the word, but it was a lynching. It was almost a lynching. Imagine the images of, a, of lynchings all over the South where their hands were tied, their feet were tied. They were under control. A noose was put around their neck and they were strung up. This is almost the same scenario. Absolutely. He was, absolutely. Not, he was not He was not fighting the police. And, you know, uh, it's very, very difficult. Matter of fact, you know, it's, it's not difficult. I'm not going to be one of those people to defend law enforcement when this type of stuff occurs. Plain and simple, This that individual could have been my brother. He could have been my son. He could have been my grandson. Just because he was 46, right? The same thing could have the same thing could have happened to him if he was 26. And I hate to say it, maybe he was 16. Right. Unfortunately, these some people, some people wearing that uniform have lost their damn minds, and it's up to the mayor of that city, the police chief of that city, the command staff, the supervisors of the command staff. They need to address the issues in their department but they can't because they're too damn scared. They are afraid. And this is ridiculous. Well, hey, Bishop, I know you had some thoughts about uh, the mayor because I know the mayor came out uh, and made some statements that, you know, that seemed like uh, he was really, you know, moved as well. But I know there was something that you said, you know, that you called into question. So I'll, I'll let you speak on that. Yeah, you know, my, my feeling is, you know, it's good to see the mayor speak out against what, uh, was uh, what took place, but you know I wonder, and uh, what kind of black agenda uh, that he had that was in that he had in place, uh, because obviously we know that Minneapolis, St. Paul region has dealt with several issues, uh, the Philando Castile issue uh, being one of the more infamous ones, but uh, I wonder, you know. Yeah, you come out and you speak uh, on behalf of of the citizens of, of, of Minneapolis, you know, and particularly the black citizens. You know that this was going to blow over into, you know, some sort of issue. Um, but do you have a black agenda? Now, if I can, just for a moment, I need to touch way because I just read something. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but these two guys work together. They worked wow. at the same club. Really? Chauvin was the off-duty security guard, uh, off-duty police officer for the club for 17 years. Wow. And Floyd worked there all of last year. So you mean tell me they didn't know, they had to know each other. So you think that maybe there was some underlying issue uh, going on there? Maybe, maybe, maybe there is. We don't, again, we don't know. But I'll tell you what. I got so upset, and I, you know, I, you know, I texted you guys in the chat yesterday uh, when the uh, county attorney or district, whoever he is, uh, said that there was evidence that a crime may not have been committed. 
<laughs> you right. know what I mean? Right. But he, now he he walked it back within an hour. He said he misspoke. But no, what were you, what were you really trying to say? You know what I'm saying? True. It's, it's almost like the Trump the, the Trump statement. There are good people on both sides. So uh, we look at this this whole situation. And we see the unrest, we see the rioting, which I don't agree with, but I understand the frustration of people who are sick and tired of being, of, of what looks like being hunted, being targeted for whatever the reason. And, you know, and so uh, something has to come out of this. Now, we know uh, here in Rochester, what was it, 1964, we had the riots, right? Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. And, and out of the riots came the fight program, you know, uh, urban renewal and certain other things. So what is Minneapolis going to get out of the riots that are going down? And this goes back to the mayor and his black agenda, the county, the county manager and her black agenda, because the county manager is a black woman. So let's find out now. What are we going to get out of this now? What we need, what we need to know right now, immediately, is when these officers are going to be arrested. Now, charged and and what they're going to be charged with. That's you know, y'all figure that out. But when are these guys going to be arrested? Because now it looks like there's not going to be any kind of peace until that happens. Mm. Then once that happens, and we begin to see the wheels of justice, and they don't need to be turning as slow because. What we see in the video is enough for me. Uh, but as the wheels of justice turn, now what is the black community going to get out of this um, that's going to uh, appease them and make them feel as though they are, one, a part of that community, number two, that their lives matter, and number three, that justice will be served. So until those things happen, economic justice, uh, uh, social justice, all these things, until those issues are addressed, it's going to be a problem. And if they, if they don't take care of this quickly, we're going to see what we saw in 1964 when the riots went all across the country. All right. So, Blake, being a young black man in the community, uh, what's your, your what's your position there? You, you hear the good bishop speaking about that. How do you feel about this? Yeah, well, before I actually add my piece, I also want to add uh, or bring light to the fact that uh, just yesterday they had another person killed in Tallahassee, uh, Tony McDade, uh, the Tallahassee police that believe they killed him yesterday uh, around midday. So that was another one, one I wanted to shine light on. But, yeah, uh, everybody's mad right now. Everybody's real frustrated. You know, you're seeing riots take place in Minnesota, but over in L.A., too. Uh, I know uh, the in New York, I believe they were uh, outside uh, the NYPD building uh, protesting this morning as well. They might have been there yesterday, too. So a lot okay. of people are frustrated right now. Yeah. And they're voicing their opinions. And honestly, I can't say I, I see a lot wrong with it. You know, uh, everybody's been, you know, we've been we've been on the peaceful protest for a while now and it, it hasn't been heard. So it's, it's come to a culmination and you're seeing the results. Okay. All right. And we got Kyle just joined us uh, on the, uh, the the discussion. So, Kyle, we, we, we've been talking about, of course, uh, Minneapolis. And, uh, you know, we heard from uh, uh, the good lieutenant uh, and then the bishop chimed in on his uh, position with the mayor and, and the lack of the black uh, black agenda uh, moving forward. And so then uh, Blake spoke about his position as a, a young black male in the community. So, uh, I mean, what, what what's your position, man, ha having taken some of this in, if you even digested this? I mean, it's a, it's a lot to digest, to be honest with you. 
I mean, it's a mixture of emotions. Um, I mean, honestly, man, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of videos out right now, a lot being said, but the videos, I mean, they're, they're really showing a lot of mixed looting, even though, you know, everyone seems to be assuming that it's all black looting. I mean, a lot of the videos I'm seeing, it's not us doing that kind of stuff, which is number one. Number two, I mean, the protest itself and the anger behind it is really just, that, that, that's just a glimpse of the actual frustration and anger of being black in America. Um, you know, this James Baldwin quote keeps coming to mind. I was talking to my friend about this the other night, you know, to be like conscious of as a black person is to be, you know, angry most of the time in this world. And it's just the reality. This is frustrating. And um, really, they could do themselves a favor by just bringing criminal charges. But um, you see that there's a system that's at clash and um, their cities just erupt, erupting everywhere. But even on a, on, a, on a larger level, where this really needs to permeate is, is at the top, the federal level, mm. in terms of you know how things are going to go. And we've seen just from Trump's Twitter um, exactly how that's not going to play out well. Um, so you're not going to get that type of empathy or anything like that from him it's going to be a you know if you loop then they'll shoot type of scenario so it really drives the message that you know we we can fight as much as we want but if the federal government if the president is not going to be in a position to say something's wrong here and do something about it and they want to send you know army troops and things like that out it's going to really change the landscape of how how protest happens and what it actually leads to. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just, it's, it's, it's extremely frustrating, man. It really is. Well, I mean, you brought up a great, uh, you know, um, writer man, and an activist in his day. You know, I think underrated activist, man. We talk about James Baldwin. And, and yeah, man, to, to quote that, uh, to be conscious or even semi-conscious as a black man in, in America is to be in a constant state of rage because there's always something happening. And I brought this up when we started the show out today. I, you know, I say here in the last three weeks, we've had at least four incidents of uh, black men uh, or people, you know, because we had a black woman who were uh, killed by either someone who's a former police officer or a police officer or just a white person in general. And that's not to even include, you know, the black bird watcher being, you know, being uh, accosted by the female white who's choking her dog in Central Park, you know, or or talking about, uh, you know, the other woman uh, who's claiming that uh, her kids were murdered by a black man, a false report, you know. And then, you know, Minneapolis has had at least four uh, uh, incidents where people of color were, were killed here. And then this particular uh, officer has at least 12 different uh uh, you know, um, discipline actions against him right now that involve, uh, you know, force wherein I think four of them were, uh, they considered justifiable uh, murders or homicides, but they're looking into these things now because of the fact that there was no type of discipline brought against him. Uh, and then we see the callousness of him kneeling on the back of this man's neck for over eight to nine minutes uh, with his hands looked like they were either on his 
side or in his pockets. I'm beginning. He had, no, he had, in, his, in his pockets. It was he. He had his hand stuffed in his pocket, leisurely applying. Who knows how much pressure per square inch on this man's neck in the area of his parotid artery, jugular vein, his trachea. The man is telling him he cannot breathe. He's telling him this. Okay, yeah. just leisurely crushing this man's uh, thoracic and throat area. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to see what's going on. This you don't have true. to be a doctor. You don't have to be a doctor to see that this person is in medical distress. He's telling you, you're choking me out. You're, he's the police spokesman who went on TV quickly and told a blatant lie talking about he was resisting arrest and suffered a medical episode. You know what that medical episode was? Strangulation. And the thing okay. was, he rendered that. That's what it was. He rendered that verdict of medical. Now, the, the ME hadn't put out a report. The doctor hadn't put out a report. So he's not even a medical personnel that, that's giving this type of. So now you're talking about he's liable for that statement because that's not a medical uh, diagnosis. That's him speaking. Uh, they're co- yeah, they're covering that, the fact that EMS and ambulance had to respond. Okay, why was EMS and ambulance have to respond? Because the person was strangled by the cop to the point where he died. You know, they're trying to CYA, and it's not going to work. And I believe they had a... Same thing they tried in Georgia, man. I mean, if you let them tell the story first, it will always be on their side, you know, and it doesn't change. And you have these agent provocateurs around town, you know, going crazy on property, and the videos are out there. You know, there's, I mean, there's just so many stories. There's so many different sides to this in, in, in its entirety. Well, um, I think you had a, a, either a mayor in Tennessee or, or Nashville that just came out, uh, like, between yesterday and today saying that uh, uh, George Flood was uh, uh, was high and that uh, he, he didn't see anything wrong with what the officer did. So, so you got people that saw the same video that we all saw and is now justifying the death and blaming George Floyd for his own death. That, 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 that happens. That's part of the system. It's part of the system, though. Is that's that? what they, that is what they do. Now you have people who are showing their real, true, personal colors. Now you got folks who are running for mayor, running for county executive, and all that stuff. They'll come in your neighborhood and smile in your face and pat you on the back and tell you what they think they can do for you or what they will do, they'll do whatever they can do to get your vote. They get your vote and get in the office, and they get in that office, sit down behind that desk, close that door, and now they don't want to know you. All right? This is the dumb stuff that we continue to perpetuate, all right, with these individuals in office. I keep hearing, you know, and, oh, I'm not, Owens, I'm not throwing no stone at your statement. But everybody wants to talk about the quote-unquote black agenda, black agenda. There is not going to be a black agenda unless these individuals put what they tell you into motion. Now, if they don't put it into motion, we have one choice. And that is in two or four years, whatever their term is, to immediately vote them out. Immediately. Not give them another turn or another term or another chance. Right? We're tired of having these lies. Uh, we go back yeah, we, and we, 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 we had the discussions. Well, Remember, yeah, we well, saw that in Ferguson. Well, Ferguson, After, uh, uh, that, yeah, go that, ahead. That particular DA <laughs> did not get reelected. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And so we, this is this is the narrative that really needs to be pushed. 
And, um, you know, I, I have to go back to some of Kyle's statements when we were talking about uh, uh, President Bi- or Vice President Biden uh, speaking into the future and being prophetic. Anyway, um, uh, <laughs> what kind of you know agenda is going we, – we have to look at this particularly locally. You know, we, we talk about the federal and this, that, and the other, but this is local. So where is the city council uh, at in Minneapolis? Where is – you know, like I said, what is what is the what plan does the mayor have in place or 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 intend to uh, enact? These things need to be looked at from the local level and dealt with specifically at that at that level because that's where it's happening at. So, well, you know, um, the problem is the the agenda of the mayor at this particular time. I'm not gonna say not gonna say it's got to take a back seat, but the mayor and the mayor's staff and his. Black Agenda and Minneapolis City Council, they weren't on that street corner kneeling on that man's, excuse me, Mr. Floyd's neck, killing him. What that officer oh, did, in the, what that officer did in the space of roughly anywhere from the total incident beginning to the end, 10 minutes, what he did was, had nothing to do with, quote unquote, the mayor's or the city leadership's Black Agenda. It was that individual making a choice to do what he did, which caused Mr. Floyd's death. This is systemic, it's institutionalized, and if you don't address it from the top and within that agency, now the mayor is like, oh, I have, you know, I have, the, the, I, I fully support our police chief, but I have, he has my confidence. I would be like saying, hey, police chief, what has happened in your department? Where, what is your training? Are you training your officers to do this? No, of course you aren't. What are you going to do about it? We know, really quick, we know that the Minneapolis Police Department has the jurisdictional ability to charge anyone in that city with a homicide if there is probable cause to believe it occurred. They do have that. Minneapolis PD could have taken that officer into custody and shown the city and the country and the world that they have tremendous integrity by charging that officer with a homicide and putting him in the court, just like they would do to Ray Ray or Tito, all right? That officer doesn't, he doesn't enjoy no special privilege that he can commit a homicide, and there's more than enough promise, probable cause to believe it occurred. He does not enjoy special legal privileges. Sure he does. Yeah. No, he doesn't. Well, there's just no like, reason like, he should like, No, he doesn't. We've seen let, this let morning. Just, just, like, just like the president. I could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and people would still vote for it. So, yeah. yeah, but oh, and that, yeah, that was that was a blatant, facetious, bull crap statement by Trump. And we all know that he's crazy. We're talking about we're talking about the law. Okay, the police officer does not enjoy any special privileges which helps him to evade a criminal charge. If that jurisdiction believes he committed a criminal charge in their jurisdiction. They can't charge him. They could have thrown him. They could have put him in jail. He had to go to court the next day to be arraigned and all of that good stuff. What they need to do is they need to expedite the pre- their preliminary investigation. It don't take six days to determine, well, you know what? I, well, there's probable cause to believe that a homicide occurred. We're not saying it may be murder, but it, it's at least a manslaughter. They yeah. Do something to throw water on the flame of anger rolling through the country but what if they don't want to throw water on that flame what if they want that flame to grow again we we got a young kid that, that killed two bodies well i'm speaking in general because i'm looking at a young man 
that went on like three different state manhunt and they just picked him up in custody. No shots fired, no beat down, no choke out. All right. He killed two people in Massachusetts. He's been on the run for almost a week. And when they get him in custody, he's fine. They just arrested you know what? the CNN I have reporter to, this I have morning. To, I have to look at. I have to look at how he was in custody. If that person, from what the information is, he's alive. He basically got tired. Yeah, he, you know what? He also got tired of running. Uh, now yeah. he committed two homicides, <laughs> and who knows what else he did? But they found him, alive. or somebody saw him at a truck stop. Alive, if Marv. Marv, if you and I, if you, me, you, and Owen were in three separate uh, trooper cars pulling into that truck stop on the report that that individual was there and he's standing there and our three patrol cars are pulling up and he stands there and raises his hands up to surrender you know damn well he's going to be taken into custody without incident that's how it goes i don't know that i keep seeing yeah i I watch a brother i watch a brother in walmart walking away dropping a baseball bat get lit up I'm watching yeah, a man, well, they go in and shoot up parishioners, kill nine of them in a church, gets taken to McDonald's. But we see brothers time and time again with I, I no agree. weapons. I, I agree, so but Mark, I am not. Mark, Mark, I, I, can't throw, I can't throw stones. I, 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 will, I refuse to throw stones okay. at those officers who pulled up on that individual and took him into custody without incident. Those officers who rolled up there were not the execution squad to take him out. If he's there in broad daylight surrendering, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get thirty years in prison, forty years in prison. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Okay. Okay. We yeah. would so, get I mean, thirty years in prison because we watched right. the same brother and, in Minneapolis that shot a white yeah, woman in well, a pink shirt. Gentlemen, gentlemen, the same yeah, officer. I'm just saying, you know, we gotta we gotta look at uh, each we Blake, you gotta get in, man. Gentlemen, the same officers that have not arrested the officer that committed this crime whether you want to call it a murder or manslaughter on camera uh, arrested a cnn reporter this morning simply for standing and reporting what was happening on scene and they swear they didn't know who he was omar jimenez standing right Right. there they're asking him oh officer where would you like us to stand they don't want to respond next thing you know you're under arrest with his credentials yeah, hanging around his neck everything. and a mic in his hand. White reporters all around yeah. him. He's not the only reporter standing there, but he's the one in custody. Oh, his white cameraman, they, they handed him the mic and left him out of custody. Yeah. Literally <laughs> handed him the mic and just went back to what they As they doing. walk him away. What, what, and he's what, free what, now what for you know for everybody listening, but regardless. But again, it just speaks that, to right? that general. Well, break it down, Bishop. What happened? Because I, like I said, well, I'm, I'm still speaking you, in I'm, general. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell, tell you what happened to the reporter. Trump was watching the, um, the report, and he called somebody and said, "Hey, I can't stand seeing and arrest them, them, them guys." That's how, that's exactly yeah. what I what I was listening to as it happened. And where I'm was like, this said? Where did this came out of? I, I didn't see that. Who reported that? It was it was on the, it was on the news. It was on CNN this morning. Wow. And so wow. I'm like, wait a minute. Did 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 the president just call the police and tell them to arrest the CNN guy because? Like somebody just said, there were other reporters out there. Nobody went to jail for it. Nobody was arrested but the CNN reporter. And you know how the president feels about CNN. The CNN so I'm wondering what's asked, really going on. The CNN reporter asked the officer, he said, why am I being arrested? He said, listen, man, I'm just no following answer. orders. That's what he said. Listen, man, I'm just following orders. <laughs> there you like, go. Who gave you that order? There you go. There this you go. we say when it, when, when it goes to the top, what's really happening at the end of the day. This, it, it, this momentum that we want to create, they're still going to do these little harsh lessons to, to remind us that 
you know, you can move around a little bit, but uh, do you really want to go to war? You're well, gonna use a, you're gonna use national guard. You're gonna use the army against regular people. Well, he, has, he said people, if you people, loot, you if you loot, he shoots. Against we, other, other, you're gonna use people's family against them. We have four examples, saying, right? Because that's a that's a big decision to put on, you know, armed forces at that point in time. That you're gonna have to go out here and essentially shoot your own. I mean, you were signing up for something different, I would think, when you got into the armed services. That's that's a lot, guys. Not, and you're you're callously saying that you're gonna do it like it's nothing, guys. We have meanwhile, my talk about taking people First Amendment away. Yeah. Guys, we have four examples within the week of the of the president trying to limit our freedom of speech. We have this reporter example right here. We have him trying to shut down social media. We have him allegedly removing, and I won't put it on him specifically, but for some reason, Joy Badass's All American Badass with the KKK in the in the uh, title got removed off of streaming services on on uh, Apple Music, and then J Cole's For Your Eyes Only documentary on YouTube's been suddenly removed. And he's talking about a whole lot of social injustices on there. This is all within the week with all this stuff going on. All right after the uh, George Floyd went down. So, so, and, and the one thing I'm going to say is, number one, I just pray that you guys are all safe when you go out. And I don't know how this is affecting everyone on this call, but I would hope that in terms of mentally, emotionally, we're all doing our best to do whatever we need to feel 100% in this chaos that we're in right now. So I'm but glad that you, so, you mentioned that, Kyle, well, because I've been doing a lot of mindfulness meditation here in the last week or so. Uh, because uh, like you said, man, you know, this plays on hundreds and hundreds of years of trauma that the black people have been experiencing uh, due to uh, the like I was on a call yesterday. It was a, it was a Zoom call. And when we're talking about the violence here in Rochester. And so, you know, I was listening to some of the suggestions that were going around is how to address it and a lot of them were some you know they were pretty good uh, suggestions but they were just topical suggestions they weren't down digging deep to the root you know they were they were saying things that were superficial so i'm like you know in my mind i'm saying you're, you're putting a band-aid on a sucking chest wound you know you, you you can't happy meal your way out this you can't arrest your way out this you got the medical community you know asking questions but i'm like wait a minute the medical community, you were the ones that, that put syphilis on black people. So you wonder why black people don't trust the medical community, you know? And then you talk about the police departments, you know, being the long arm extension of the Klan. So you got two entities that were the source of our trauma, but you wonder why we don't trust. You know, so it, it, when I was on that call, I was sitting there listening, thinking, you know, I want to offer the suggestion that you need to have a conduit that has not been a part of the trauma that, to introduce health because the, the places that, are, that have been the most impactful of our trauma can't begin to work toward healing with us if they don't acknowledge what they did. So let me ask this. You, on a, you said you were on a call. I'm assuming that this was local? This was a local Zoom call. It takes place once a month. It's, you could be a part of it, too. I can throw the email at you. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different leadership groups in there. You got Pathways to Peace. Uh, you got uh, Rise. You got a few other community uh, groups right. out there and whatnot. And, and, you know, again, they're looking to do some, some meaningful things. But you got people in there who are culturally clueless. Okay. Yeah, but so so help help me understand this part, Domar, and this is what I what I was alluding to when I sent out a text earlier this week. Um, we we have a city where our police chief is black, 
Mm-hmm. Our mayor is black. The mm-hmm. chief, the, the president of our city council was black. The mm-hmm. Vice president of the city council was black. Uh-huh. We have a black. We now have a black uh, uh, school superintendent. Uh-huh. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, several members of the school board are black. Uh-huh. So, he about, about to ask a good question. I'm waiting for this. This is good. Uh-huh. So, so where where is our black agenda? And I go back to the question that I asked you you guys before. Do we think? our black mayor and our new black police chief are in over their heads with what we're seeing in the, the, the gatherings, the violence, because outside of this, this Corona stuff, I mean, somebody was shot and killed, I think last night or the night before. The night so before. Are, are, are they in over their heads with this? And if so, how do we, how do we fix it? I mean, because we have black people in power, why are we? Why are, why are we in so much trouble still? Because you got to change the culture. We, I think, did we talk about this not too long ago? We were saying that it don't matter how many black folk, you know, don't, you can't put a hood ornament of a Benz on a Yugo and expect the Yugo to become a Benz just because the ornament belongs to a Benz. Okay, and and that's so, so and, that was, and that's so, the problem. That you got say, that would say to me. That would say to me then. We have been electing ornaments yeah. versus people who actually have power or are going to wield the power that we elect them to have. Now, you guys know how I feel about a particular uh, elected <laughs> official right now, okay? And so, uh, and I feel I feel like that particular official duped not only me but others who were in my circle, right? Because uh-huh. we were promised a certain level of diversity. And as, as me and P were talking the other night, it don't take three years to get to that particular level, and we haven't seen it yet. I agree so, to that. Um, so, we, what, I mean, where are the real, where are the real people? Because like I said, we have been electing ornaments, and folks think just because a person is black, Oh, they're gonna have my best interest. Uh, uh, well, I, you know, I, 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 I like your Kim folks. Watch out now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I I liked President Obama, but I didn't agree with everything he did. And um, we're not supposed um, to. But why do we gotta? De- why, why do we gotta to. denounce him? You know what I'm saying? Like we talk about President Obama, and we have to denounce him in order to sound equal. You don't hear nobody uh, in any other party than the Republican Party denouncing Trump. To sound like they fair, they say I stand well, for Trump or I don't stand for Trump, and that's it. We say we right, don't right. stand for Obama or we stand for Obama, and then we gotta validate why we do or don't. No, I, I don't. I don't. I don't stand in there. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to make a specific point. Right, but that's what I was I just trying to say invited. to you is that why do you yeah. gotta validate why you don't agree with him? You don't agree with him no, in I, part I, be, because because it's the truth, you right. know. Folks think folks folks tend to think that we we we're in a monolith. We all think think alike. There and we go. We, and the truth of the matter is, we don't. Yeah, that's where I was and going when, with that. When 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 I supported a particular candidate, okay, because of my interest, man, did I get hammered over the head about it? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I don't get invited to certain meetings and certain circles because of that particular uh, uh, stance that I took uh, three years ago. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you understand what I'm saying? I got you. And, and it, it, my stance was not the popular stance, and that's what I'm. That's what I'm talking about. We're steady looking at who's popular, and, and you know, instead of looking at who's going to actually do what we need them to do. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with you're dealing with politicians, okay? You're dealing I with get, politicians, and, and here is a, here is what it boils down to. They're going to say or do whatever they can say or do to get the vote. Now, yep. that particular individual you're talking about. When information was asked of him and discussions were talked about as far as diversity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, when certain individual names of African-American and even Latino, a couple of Latino individuals for certain positions within that agency were brought forth, people basically did what they could do to shoot down that particular individual. Oh, wow. I, I heard he got a ticket for running a red light seven years ago. Something stupid. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. I looked on that particular agency's website a little while a while ago and said to myself, okay, it's Lily White. All right. Now, you can't tell me that there were, there were no people of color, no women who were available or qualified for positions within that agency. You know, that agency, I have a certain amount of respect for, obviously, but it's not like you're talking about uh, the, uh, the L.A. Sheriff's Office or LAPD or Chicago or NYPD. All right. You're talking about upstate New York, nice, quiet, peaceful, laid back, don't, can't get out of its own way. And now going back to the number of black uh, politicians in Monroe County, per se, and agency officials, if those officials do not do their jobs within that position, they're useless. They, sh- they, they shouldn't even be there. But now they get validated by the community and by certain demographics in the community. They get validated when they get reelected. You're saying people are saying, well, that person ain't doing jack crap, but I'm going to vote for him. Well, you're voting for the same stuff that's been going on. Your, your mayor has been in office for a while. Now, ask yourself, what has occurred? And you know what? You know, filling in the interlude, eh, that was cute. <laughs> All right? But other than that, you know, you know, I, I don't want to get really bad speak on what's going on. But you got to people kind of say, well, we're going to have a black agenda. Wait a minute. You're the mayor of the city. You're the mayor of all the people. Let's have an agenda for the people. Let's address issues that we have to go and address. Let's address, address issues that are affecting African-Americans and people of color. Let's address issues that are affecting poor white people. Let's address issues that's involving all of our ch- our children within the city school district. Now, from what I understand, the city school superintendent in Rochester is going to be done in a couple of weeks. Is that correct? Uh, no, no, no. We got a new superintendent. Uh, Who's you, the new superintendent? Got, the former Brockport Dr. superintendent. Leslie Meyer. Yeah. Okay, so that that other the other person who was just recently is gone now. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He's gone now. He was gone <laughs> okay. He went back to the All district right, yeah, he came yeah. from. He, you know what? I'm, I want to ask him, yo, dude, did you ever unpack your bags? Okay. <laughs> nine <laughs> nine months. I don't think he got all of them unpacked. Yeah, I'm just saying, if I was if I was superintendent of Rochester City Schools and things were going the way they were supposed to be going, I'd be sitting back enjoying myself with my cup of coffee, making my $210,000 a year salary or whatever he's making. All right? But now there's issues and continued issues in Rochester. This is ridiculous. 
Everybody says, well, well we got to have a black agenda. The black agenda is not going to be useful unless that agenda is put into motion. You can put all you want to put on paper. Well, you know, right? I, I, any plan is useless unless it's, unless it's put into motion. I honestly think that when we talk about a black agenda, you know, we didn't create slavery. We were enslaved folk, okay, people. And then we went into this involuntary servitude and uh, forced labor during the Jim Crow period. This was all a, a, uh, a business effort to continue the social economic power. And that construct is created by people that don't look like us. So if you want to talk about the black agenda, the black agenda is to get folk that don't look like us to help create uh, a turnaround of the current practices and policies that are in place. So I don't think we Slavery should be. Was too, so we can't we can't work our way out of this by ourselves. Right. But I'm Slavery just saying. Was, Slavery was 250 years ago. I mean, damn, shouldn't we be talking about what's going on in 2020? So 250 years ago. So we talking 250 years ago was slavery. So we were enslaved for over 400 years and we've been sla- enslaved in this country longer than we've been free are we enslaved now i would say yes into certain circumstances how do, okay fine all right how do we break that and so i'm saying it's that? not for us to break i'm saying that those who were a part of it whether you're descended or not need to be at the forefront leading the charge to change this, meaning you change the social economic construct with the banking industry, with redlining. You change the the, uh, the school uh, system with curriculum and teaching, okay? The Daughters of the Confederacy screwed us and still continue to screw us out of our history and out of everything that we've done to contribute to history here. Then you want to talk about the yeah, medical but- the medical industry. Again, Lamar, creating for, trust for, for, yeah, for yeah, we should, but that, that that takes a lot of power away from away from us. And when we when we think, no, like, no I'm not I saying that we put it all but, on but, them. But, no, but also, I, I think the point was made though that local leadership here does look like us, and still we are at a point where we're not because we don't have the power. I mean, we have the power, but it's not actually being utilized in a way that's making well, us feel comfortable. If you're if you're if you're talking about the development of, of 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 certain areas of Rochester, if you're talking about the way that things are actually happening, so you're expecting to see the the leadership within those areas be able to create a path that would change all of that, right? Like that's what that's what we're really talking about when we start talking about agendas, right? We want to see people live better. We want to see people making more money. We want to see people living in poverty, right? So. Let's have the conversation of why that's not happening in the city. Because if you want to talk about the development aspect of it, then, then I could tell you it's extremely lackluster. And and I, what I can tell you specifically is that the level of inefficiency that happens in regards to development within the city of Rochester is 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 next level bad. But how do you talk about that if you don't deal with the trauma that's creating it, right? Because well, the, well, the poverty. We're, no, we're talking about we're talking about the leadership that's trying to actually move that. So right. When we so we're talking the, about the leadership that's there that's supposed to be actually handling that. Who are we, what are we saying then? Is it leader, is it chicken and egg? You're saying leadership versus the people that live there? No, the leadership is supposed to be creating a way for us to be able to do that. If you're saying that we can't have a black agenda when everybody who's in leadership is actually of, of color is black here, and we're still not seeing it hit at a level that we need to, then there's an inefficiency amongst the leadership that we have. I here, disagree. Here's, what, here's I, what's going on. Here's what's happening. Check this out. Everybody who supported the current uh, administration in in Rochester. 
go back to when that administration basically started and then uh, how the person got into office and reelected. Now you get the information coming back, you know, when the, when the, uh, the individuals are sending out requests for campaign donations and contributions and the, the mayor's ball and all of that good stuff. And you see this stuff being sent out about what individuals and what companies have contributed significant amounts of money to that campaign. Mm -hmm. Now, you look at those individuals, so now you know for a fact that the agenda of those individuals, the agendas of those companies, the agenda of those corporations are going to take precedent because they're the ones who sent that $10,000 check, that $25,000 check. They're the ones they're the ones they're the ones who 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 bought that 10 or 15 person table at the mayor's ball for $25,000, $30,000, whatever it is. Now, if, now if, the, if, 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 city, if the city wants to do a certain thing or have a certain agenda, you may have people who contributed those chunks of money say to the, the city government or administration or campaign people for that particular politician, you know what? That particular agenda item is not in our or my best interest. I want to do, I'm a construction company. I want to do certain stuff in this particular area, even though it might affect the black agenda because it's going to hurt Listen. a certain area. They're not going to do that. It's all about the money. Follow the money. And you can follow anybody, the can agenda. Any, can, any, can anybody name one black developer in Rochester? What type of developer? Construction, urban? Construction what? developer. Construction urban, developer. you no. want. Okay, period. So I just want to tell you right now. Wasn't the Dukes part seen, of that? There's three. There, who? Did Dukes. The, the Dukes? <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Okay. That was a long so time ago. Just, that was a long I time just, ago. So I just want to tell you, do you, do you guys understand how much money of investment is being spent in downtown Rochester right now? Mm, I can it, tell it's you. Close, it's close to $3 billion. Yeah. That's 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 actual funds put in. The, the 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 amount of money outside of that that's going to be produced based on that is is close to another uh, I think a billion and a half right so just understand that none of that money is black so when you bring that level of money to a city that's having budget issues and wants to try to like enforce parking meter uh, restri like restrictions and and different things for for random reasons or gets into fights with firefighters about different pay options and, and things like that when you start talking about that what you know exactly how the power structure is going to go right so, because so a lot of these developers have free 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 economy to do what exactly what they want wherever they want based on the fact that this is additional money hitting that area so that's a great point so Kyle but to, when you when you when you say none of that money is black you have to be specific in what do we mean by that because the money that you're talking about is the money that is actually doing things or controlling things but the money that's going into it we're consumers we're definitely spending that money no 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 my 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 my, my insistence is that none of the developers actually utilizing their money none of the banking coming in to, to assist with any of that is by way of, of of black money it's not these are not black owned companies that are doing the the the, the creation of these projects these are not black right. owned banks or, or or federal credit unions right there, there is no intersection where where black but where are they getting their money, money from that's that's my question how are they getting their gen money generational generational wealth that allows them to acquire land assets uh property money they continue projects they have a equated of a mass a ton of money and 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 the officials know but how are they the getting money, right? that money again kyle who's who are they who are they 
creating the businesses for, right? Right. I what mean, you know that. So I was sitting at a at a luncheon, and and what's what's the guy who uh, the CEO for um, Constellation Brand Sands. Mm-hmm. Sands was up there talking about his his vision twenty twenty one or whatever it's called vision twenty twenty three, and his vision actually talks about changing the communities and helping out people who are resource limited. And his exact words are, yeah, we want to try to make sure that we gentrify downtown. The use of gentrification was done twice. I immediately went afterwards and had conversations with people from different organizations because this is this is out of hand. Uh-huh. You need to explain what that means. But there's there's that level of, of of not even understanding the education behind this to have a conversation. This is the thought process behind the money. Well, well you know, we, we saw this when uh, Bill Johnson was the mayor. And remember uh, Sibley's, uh, the Wilmot family, they owed like $2 million in back taxes. And uh, I think Pierre, me and you had this conversation years ago. Mm-hmm. And we wondered, or we talked about why didn't uh, Mayor Johnson, for, why didn't the city foreclose on the Sibley uh, building, knowing that if I was behind in my taxes for two or three years, they'd have foreclosed on my house. But for seven years, uh, Sibley's was uh, behind in city taxes, millions of dollars. And Pierre, your response still rings in my, in my ear today. There was no way that Bill Johnson was going to foreclose on his bankers, mm. the people who were funding his campaign. And so uh, when we look at, uh, as you talked about, uh, the people showing up at the mayor's ball and all these things, all these folks, um, to, to suffice it to say, we need to get rid of the housing drugs because that's what we have. We have a bunch of people who are only in the house getting what they can get for themselves, and they don't seem to really be reaching out to the community that actually put them to work in the place that they are. Because mm-hmm. even though that there was money, Bill Nojay gave a lot of money, mm-hmm. but who went and voted? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Who actually went out and voted? So uh, the people who put them there are the voters. And so, you know, what if, what if you, you know, I'm kind of like Janet Jackson. What have you done for me lately? But, well, that's why I came out with right. that statement to Kyle talking about, again, that might be legacy money, okay? But just like we, as uh, people that were enslaved, created the wealth in this country by building the country, we are also the ones that continue to keep that legacy money going because we don't spend our money in our community, right? They, they ensured that when they burned down Tulsa. Okay, Black Wall Street didn't get uh, just uh, phased out because other places beat them out socioeconomically. They burned it down and dismantled the financial structure that was going on there. And each time we look and seek to become socioeconomically independent is when we find ourselves being attacked. Okay, so we have to start to uh, uh, rewire ourselves in the thought process of spending money within our community, buying property instead of renting. Okay, uh, we 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 created this music that is out here creating billions, but yet we don't own our own uh, masters. And when we looked at Prince and we looked at other folk that own their own masters, what happened to them? Michael Jackson. Okay, so I can sit here and say, yeah, you got companies that are millionaire and billionaires here uh, and their legacy money. But they're not the ones creating the wealth. And that's why I keep saying black people, if we understood our value, our true value, and spent our money within our community, we don't need to worry about somebody else 
doing something for us. We can do our own black agenda without calling it black agenda and just call it a social economic agenda. And that's why I know that it's not our role solely to get out of this uh, uh, situation that has been created uh, uh, called social injustice or, or uh, um, this, this continued uh, uh, persecution by law enforcement, right? We can, we can partner with those white individuals or companies or whatever group that wants to say, hey, you know what? I recognize the trauma that was created from Reconstruction and created from slavery, no matter how long ago it was. And I'm going to partner with you, and I have a bank that is going to uh, fund whatever things that you need to start creating that that generational wealth, right? We got black banks, but how many of us actually bank at the black banks, right? And we got construction companies that are black companies, but again, we don't we don't go to them and spend the money to create wealth for them to become contractors and own. Uh, uh, housing, uh, um, uh, community areas, uh, gated communities, and whatnot. So we we gotta start investing in our own, and when we invest in our own, we gotta hold our own accountable to go out and get educated well, on how to run your business. I would say this, Marvin. We I don't for me. I, this is I don't think I necessarily need a black bank. What I need is a bank, and I need some folks who would get with me. And we all use the same bank. But what's wrong with having a black bank? It, it would be nice if we have a black bank. But until we that's that we don't have that right now. But un, until we get that, in the meantime, you, me, the rest of us on this call, we need to find one bank that's going to give us the things that we need. Now it's time for you. You're starting to open up this business, and you go for a loan. But they they tell you, well, yeah, we don't like your business plan. Um, and we don't like you, so we're not going to give you the money. Well, the, the four or five of us get together and we say, well, our brother here has a sound plan. Uh, if you can't give him the money, then we're going to take our money out of your bank and we'll go to a bank who will finance it. You see what I'm saying? We have to start, we have to start leveraging what power we have uh, in order to really realize the power that we have. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So... Uh, and I've said this. I've said this to several black churches and several uh, uh, groups that I talk to, and we talk about it. And folks say, you know, first, first thing folks start talking about, well, uh, who's going to be in charge? Don't nobody need to be in charge of that. I don't need to know what you put in the bank. You don't need to know what I'm putting in the bank. All we need to know is we're using the same bank. And when we start exercising our power like that, uh -huh. then we'll, we'll then soon at some point the black bank will come. You see what I'm saying? So we got well, a black like bank called Black One United, the largest black-owned bank. Okay, is OneUnited.com. You can go there and start banking with them today. That's just one black bank that I've mentioned. So you said I wish we I, had I, I, one. I, I, we got one. So are no, we gonna start no, banking saying, with them? Well, you okay? So here's the thing, Mark. You oh. know how most of us are. We want a bank where we can go and touch somebody. You see what I'm saying? But we don't bank we like have, that. We, yes, but we do. Huh? We have a lot. We, a lot of people like to be able to walk into their bank. Can you walk into your bank right now? Yes, I, I can't. No, right. yeah, you, I can. you sure can't. Sure can. You cannot no, walk was, in your was, bank was, right now. Um, Mark, Mark, I was just in my bank. But I'm just, just saying, we have no, been changed by just, the pandemic was, to show that we really don't have I, to walk in our bank. 
I was just in my bed. Well, come on, come on now. There's people today who still don't have direct deposit because they want to touch that check. So just like you have people who are like that, you have people who want to actually be able to talk to their banker and, or face to face, not over the phone or not through a chat message. We talk to people to in, in India bank. when we want customer service with a problem with our AT&T or our, or our, our Verizon. You <laughs> I, know what I'm saying? I, I I'm not going with saying, that excuse. Miss, no, I, Marv, you're missing my point. You're missing my point. In my agency right now, at my front desk, there, there were uh, 50 checks because people don't have direct deposit. Right, they I get want you. That check in their, they, they want that check in their hand. Okay. And just like that, uh-huh. just like that, there are people who want to actually be able to walk in their bank. And I agree with you, so, but that's not so all of I'm us. Saying, and I'm sorry, everybody else, y'all can jump in because I would go all day on this argument. We got to stop <laughs> making excuses for ourselves. No, no, no. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm not making excuses. I'm telling you how the feelings of people. So if that's the case, but that's they not need all to have us. a bank that they can. I didn't say it was all of us. Okay. I said that's the feelings of people. Okay. So if if, that, if that's so. their feeling, why can't why can't they have a bank that's local that they can walk into and get and, and do their business? I think that's if, all I'm saying. I think I, if we and, and for me, for me, I've looked at One United, you know, and for some of the like for my business banking. So what's the detractor? One United don't offer it. So they don't offer it. But but that, but again, what, if they're, if they're coming you. up, if they're coming up and they need enough of us to support, because here's the thing: if we get behind ourselves, how, how, are, how are they how how are they coming up? And they're the largest black bank in America. And I've never how heard are of they them. Just coming up. They're the largest black <laughs> bank. They're the largest black bank. Well, that, and they've been around for a while, Mark. Right. I'm telling you, most most online banking you can't get done. Uh, you can't get business accounts. So what I'm telling, what I'm trying to tell you, local banking uh-huh. is where it's at right now for us. So right. if that's the case, if that's the case, you know, I, I agree with you with black banks. I wish we had more. I wish we had a local black bank or well, even a, a local black credit union. I bank. But until we get that, until we get that, I bank. We need to find a bank and bank there. I bank with Navy federal credit union and they're not local i do everything online or on the phone i also bank with key bank and i bank with esl and i bank with uh citibank okay or chase so i bank with quite a few banks i would love to change all of those names to black owned banks because again i think that we put too much emphasis on well i've got to walk in and touch it you know what? You walk in and touch it at a white bank, and are you getting any better service than you would with this black, this black bank online? Who, by chance, if enough people of color bank with them, and then get some people that are not of color to bank with them, they probably will get to the level of they'll have one in every location. You can't set up okay, a brick well, and mortar. You, you can't set up a brick and mortar I'll without support. You, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this: Canandaigua National Bank, yeah, has done from what I've seen personally, has done more for small black businesses, small churches, than I've seen some of the other banks. Oh, here we go. So what I'm saying, so so all I'm saying is that, and everybody has their pick of their bank or whatever the case may be. Uh-huh. All I'm saying is that we need to find a bank. And and I, I hear, just like I feel like everybody should have direct deposit. Uh-huh. Right? But the reality of it is they don't, for whatever reason. So 
if, if we, we don't, the reality of it is we don't have a black bank in our area. So why can't we find one bank? That's all I'm saying. Find one bank and utilize that until we can get a black bank or a black federal credit union. That's all. So, so we're tuned in. It's easy. It's easy. It's, 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 Okay. It's too blue to be black, too black to be blue. We tune in to My Tribe Network Radio, powered by Brass Radio 1. Is there anybody else here? Maybe call in or on the line. And you can call in at 585-653-0021. Is anybody else in here want to address that besides me? Do you need a bank to walk into to, 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 to you know, just because it's, uh, it's here? Does it make it better for you? Well, I'm 23. I'm not involved in nearly as many business dealings as you guys are right now but i'll say you know for me it would probably be more convenient if i didn't have to walk in for the time being you know like most of the stuff we're doing right now is all through the phone i know a lot of people are like they want to be able to vote through the phone at this point like why do we have to keep walking into you know wherever these 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 stations are just to go get a vote off we should be able to do it through the phones right now but i mean you know that that seems like a a little bit of an older concept you know, being able to have to walk in, talk to somebody, sign a paper. Like, people now just want to kind of get their business done and keep it moving. And we got so much stuff going on that you're doing through the computer already. It would almost be more convenient. Kyle? I need to see what them bank fees looking like first. Nah, I'm just joking. But, Mark, <laughs> when you talk about, <laughs> when you talk about, uh, and I just want to clarify, you talk about, you know, why people need to be better allies or be allies in terms of how we kind of get things to where we want them to be. I, I do feel that, um, I honestly feel that, you know, we didn't create the situation. Right. So it's, it really shouldn't be upon us to fix everything Thank as you. well. But I, I'm also never, I'm at a point now with everything going on, but I'm not here to explain anything to a white person. I'm not here to guide them towards lessons. I'm not here to argue with them. I'm not here to do anything. I feel stay, you on that. Stay out of my, stay out of my space. <laughs> I'm learn with you on that. Learn, learn what you learn or don't learn what you want. It's up to you. Stay out of my space. And, you know, as long as my freedoms are not, are not touched, we, we're good. And that's just where I'm at because I just, I, it's, it's, you don't know who's who anymore. Well, they're, they're, and they're I, now saying that the, there's information out about the fact that these two these two guys, the cop and the yeah. brother that were killed, actually worked together, and they're saying that this is confirmed now. I said that earlier. Yeah, man, this is this is ridiculous. But again, we're talking about speaking from a place of hurt, right? We're all on this line, people of color, right? And we're all black men at that. And so the frustration, the, the place of hurt, the trauma, you know, that's why when, when I sat in the auditorium at a certain college and a brother had been uh, um, accosted by some, some graffiti that was negative and the very next day they want to hold this rally and, and, and talk about forgiveness. And I'm like, wait a minute, it's okay to not be okay about being hurt. You got a period of where you can be upset. I mean, I think we got the bishop online. He can say that there's a time and a place for everything under the sun. Right? Okay, so just like there's a time to forgive, there's also a time to be upset. Okay? And if this is something that has been going on repetitively for years, there's no post-traumatic to this whole period of bias and, and racism. 
right? This is continual and ongoing. And so that trauma, that continual injury, that scar tissue that's building. So I, I get you, Kyle. But at the same time, because we did not create this construct of racism, we alone should not have to find our way out of it. We, we don't have bootstrap or laces to pull up by ourselves. This, this shoe is on the foot of the body of America. Okay, Especially and like when we when we don't we don't own the system that perpetuates. And like Dick Gregory said, this is like that baby with the with the with the stinky diaper on. That you know, America is that baby with the stinky diaper, and the stinky diaper is racism. And you can't take the diaper off and put on clean clothes and not have wiped up the mess that was created. So it's gonna take all hands. Okay, it's gonna take the white folk to say I'm sorry, and we did do this. Our ancestors did do this, and we still benefit from it. But this is how we're going to work with y'all to uh, to address it, okay? Not to elect the first black president and then ask him to get up at the podium and say, uh, America, we forgive you for slavery, okay? That's a slap in the face. That's, that's just like taking a, a sexual assault victim and telling them to get up and apologize for all the, 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 the sexual and serial rapists, okay? So... I, that's why I said I understand the hurt and I understand the place that you're coming from because I'm in the same place. And, I, and, I, and I'm like, yo, you know what? Keep it pushing. Stay away from me because I'm not feeling you right now with all that's going on. And the first person that come to my face trying to justify what I saw for eight minutes, you might get more than your feelings hurt. But I, I, I'm not trying to go outside and put myself in that position because I know where I am right now. I'm fragile. Okay, so I don't need any pushback from somebody. I don't need any white person telling me how to feel uh, or how to get over it because I ain't over it. And when I do get over it, it's going to be on my time and my terms. Okay, and so, but at the same time, you need to tell your friends and your cousins and cousins and mamas and daddies, sit down and read a book about us. Learn to appreciate and think about us and don't ask us. To get over our emotions because it don't make you feel comfortable, and that's where I'm—that's the place that I'm operating from right now—is that I want this to be collaborative, but you know, let me get to my space when I'm feeling right. You know, don't tell me when and how to start getting past this, and, and that's why you see Minneapolis on fire, and they talking about, uh, well, let's stop the looting and the burning and all that stuff. You're not going to stop trauma until you start saying, you know what? There's a lot of pain going on. It's a lot of pain. Let's charge yeah, these guys let me, let me, right now. So let me, ask, let, me, let me ask you guys this. How do we deal with our own community who says, number one, who's acting totally out of pocket? That's one. Number two, how do we deal with our community who sides with or who acts like the house Negroes? Mm. Who uh, who says, well, you know, um, it should have been this or he should have just uh, complied or he and we don't even know because we haven't seen the body cam footage. Right. So mm -hmm. how do we how does our community deal with those folks? Let me uh, say this. You have to ask their, ask their community. Ask your community why they are doing what they're doing. Ask your community, the people who are involved with supporting uh, Trump uh, and other people who are straight out racist, bigots. Ask them how they can sit there. Ask Diamond and Silk 
how they can go and waddle around places talking about Trump. I love Trump, Trump this, Trump that. And and, and uh, uh, Daryl Scott and, and Katrina Pearson, people of color who should know better. You, you can ask them why they are supporting this. They're not. They're, they're supporting it because they're getting a check. Mm-hmm. They're getting an exactly. envelope with cash handed to them. Now, we can say what we want to say, but if Trump is going to tell Diamond and Silk, you know what? Y'all two roll out of the, the barbecue stand, and I want, I'm want i going to fly you to Iowa because I want you to be at this rally I'm going to be at in three days. I'm going to fly you there. You're going to have a day, night of hotel, and I'm going to give you $2,000, $3,000, and I want to bring you up on stage so I can show Iowa that I do have a couple of African-Americans that like me. Now, when they're getting that money and they're on TV and they are getting this publicity, even though it's bad publicity, we can all boil back to the fact that it's money. Daryl yeah, Scott exactly. and his church and all of that, it's money. Uh-huh. Now, if you if you pull Daryl Scott into a room and say, look, Negro, let's be truthful. Why are you supporting Trump so hard that you're turning blue? Well, you know, he, 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 he's paying me. That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. Money will make people do stupid things. All right. Now we have to ask our community. We need to go and gel together. This stuff that we, we have been talking about the same things, same issues for decades. And it seems like we're stuck. All right. We are stuck and we need to kick ourselves out of that quicksand and stand up and say, you know what? Enough is enough. We need to have the people who are in politics and community agencies and social agencies, directors of health care systems, the president of the largest black bank in the United States, we need to have these folks working together to bring this agenda forward and tell other folks who don't believe they'll take our money, but they won't they won't take what's in our heart. Mm, that okay? was deep. All right, they will do that. That's the situation. We got to say, look, we're always so quick to forgive. You know, the family of the Charleston Nine, the uh, Charleston Nine, within the next day, before this guy was even apprehended, or just after he got apprehended, we had people shuffling around. You know, I hate to say it, but they're like, oh, well, I forgive him. I forgive him. I'm not forgiving Jack Doodoo. All right, <laughs> plain and simple. I'm tired of this mess. This is the shuffling Negro stuff and step and fetch it and house Negroes. That stuff is ridiculous. This is 2020. Our money is just as green as everybody else's money. Our blood is just as red. And I'm tired. We're all tired of seeing it flowing on the street. Yeah, we may have killed this dude, but downtown's open. Well, downtown in Minneapolis is smoldering and in flames. And all of a sudden now you see the Minnesota Highway Patrol, the State Patrol, they're out there now. Oh, they came outside because it's daylight. Where were they last night? Yeah, great question. All right. Did you guys out. did you guys see the video? Did you see the video of the officers evacuating from the third precinct in yes. Minneapolis? Well, I think they Blake were, posted they, something. What'd you say, uh, Blake? You you posted something about uh, was it seventy officers? It was seventy five officers were posted up outside of the uh that officer that no, killed George Floyd. No, that's not but what that I was no, that no, wasn't at not, the precinct though. Yeah. That wasn't Yeah, what I'm talking about is the when the when the mayor gave the order or the police chief gave the order to the officers to evacuate their precinct they went busting they used the patrol car suv mm-hmm. to bust out the back gate 
Yeah, so I saw about that. 20 cars. Yeah, 20, 25 cars and officers on foot running out the, the back gate. Yeah. But you know, I mean, you just, down the street but you're still talking about 75 officers on taxpayer dollars protecting a murderer who was no longer employed by the city of Minneapolis. Yeah. Well, also, let's add that they had they I actually identified one of the officers yeah. was active in Minneapolis starting some of the fires that were going on down there. Yeah, I, I you know, I just saw yeah, they said his wife, his ex-wife, his ex-wife identified him. What was that, right. P? I said I just saw a picture and video, a video and picture of the alleged. I'm gonna use the word alleged, alleged <laughs> undercover officers starting a fire, committing an arson, right, and, and, and busting it, out windows and stuff. And again, we got to look at this from from a, a, a standpoint of you probably had the agitators, the officers who looking to agitate the situation. That allegedly, sure. you're looking at maybe Chaos. maybe these Chaos. are officers who uh, who who. Uh, identify with the protesters but can't go out there and protest in daylight so they blend in as the protesters and they're burning stuff because you know you probably where still got there, a lot of black officers you, you might still have a lot of black officers who's working on there who don't agree with what happened and they pissed so they go out and blend in okay might be some white officers go out and blend in and set fires or do whatever it's, it's I'm not justifying it I'm just saying that trauma knows no uh, color no, no, no ethnicity or gender. All right, we we all hurt and bleed and get angry the same way, and we express our emotions the same way. You know, nobody's above reproach here. So I don't, I don't think that we can put a title and a uniform on and say, oh, you ain't gonna go out here and set fire to something. If you hit them in the right area, you know, they gonna they gonna do what they what they naturally do. And so I, I think that, like you said, allegedly we don't know why, we don't know who. We just know that somebody's saying that this person is this, and for whatever reason they 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 went out and joined the group. You know, not everybody out there is protesting in the way that they should be, and that is to get change, not to destroy your community. Which is they almost, want which is justified to an extent up to this point, because people are mad and people should be mad. You got people watching people get murdered almost weekly on social media that's traumatic and we got to talk about what that's doing to the mental state of the african-american community watching your people get murdered constantly constantly over time time again there's only so many times you could tell them to calm down and, and, and act accordingly before somebody gonna burn something down now we can say allegedly you know that person burnt uh you know started uh, they sent an officer out to start burning stuff down but we have proof of history where that has happened where the the government has used those tactics to start riots and whatnot. Yeah, spies so, of Mississippi. Exactly. So I mean, yeah, you can use allegedly trying not to incriminate the wrong person, but we know that the government is guilty of doing things like this in the past. Well, I'm just saying allegedly yeah, on here because we all don't want to get sued by somebody listening. the government, the government, and the government in Minnesota, the government in Minnesota, you have a African American. State, you have an African American Attorney General. This is for the state of Minnesota, African American Attorney General. The department, the head of the, the, the of Department of Public Safety for the state of Minnesota, which I'm not 100% sure, but I also believe that they control or manage or supervise the Minnesota State Patrol. That individual, the head of the Department of Public Safety, is African American. The police chief of Minneapolis is African American. Uh huh. Okay, uh, there's a lot of African-American bosses, per se, in the state of Minnesota. Now, somebody said something yesterday because I was 
watching CNN at about one o'clock in the morning, West Coast time. Somebody said, if you look at what's really going on and the situation in Minnesota, Minnesota is Mississippi with snow. And I was saying, damn, I thought Minnesota was a little bit more, you know, a little bit more. You got to be choked up on that. Yeah, education, (laughs) economics, all of that type of stuff. You know, and I got to admit, I've been in I've been in Minnesota twice, and each time it was like 15 degrees below zero. But the thing is that people of color have to show they have knowledge and power. All right, knowledge and power. You don't have you don't get power without knowledge. You have to say, look, let's talk about this in the proper context. Let's deal with these issues and agendas. People going to the city council meeting. People standing up in front of their city council people and mayor, people going to the community meetings and showing that they are stakeholders within the community. Show other folks who don't believe it that there is knowledge. Knowledge will bring the power. Now, we're we're coming from the system of we have to address these issues like they're doing right now. I'm watching CNN. We're coming from the position of being victims which George Floyd was a victim. He is a homicide victim who died at the hands of an agent of the local government. All right? Right. But I mean... This is what has... But uh, no, I'm sorry, Pete, which occurs is that... No, I was just going to say that us coming from uh, uh, the doors of being, you know, a victim, we got to start talking with this type of compassion, all right, and forcefulness, you know, I'm not saying looting and burning down buildings. I'm saying compassion. We need to talk with passion. We need to talk with forcefulness. When all when the dust settles and everything, Minnesota is going to take them a long time to heal. The rest of the country needs to take heed. These cops are coming from a point of being emboldened by IQ 45 and the shambles of the Department of Justice because they got Bill Barr there. And people are going to basically say he's not going to go after the cops. All right. Mm-hmm. So now the cops are saying, hey, they're not going to come after us. You know, they choked out Eric Garner with no problem. No problem. This guy here, this guy here choked out George Floyd. And it seems like you got a district attorney saying, well, you know, we're we're still working on getting enough evidence to, uh, to show probable cause. You have enough probable cause. Yeah, he, he showed no emotion. I mean, you looked at his face; you could see there was no concern. He was of, a deer. He was a deer in the headlights. Yeah, he was a deer in the headlights. And he was so shaken at he was, him. He was so shaken. He his words was all garbled and messed up. That's why he said what he said. Because did he really think that he was going to get going to be able to get away with saying, "Well, there's other evidence that shows no crime committed." This man was shell shocked to the point where his officer had to say couple hours later well you know what the district attorney meant to say was that we want to look at all of the evidence before we make a decision because we don't want to be you know in the situation that baltimore was in because of a, a, a rush to judgment Too okay late. i understand that i understand that but it's been almost five days now there's enough probable cause you can look at that video a hundred more times and nothing's going to change but again we, right? we're looking at you know two and a half months for Ahmad Arbery uh, killers to be arrested, you know, you're looking at five weeks, you know, uh, five days rather. For, for so it is always a, an extended period of time when it comes to doing the right thing about us, 
But when we are not, I mean, Marv, in this situation, though, I mean, it's extreme, like, pressure. And it's still, there's still no motivation for, for the situation to be corrected or for arrest to be made. It well, just not. points to the fact that every <laughs> hour that is, uh, that, 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 that is occurring, that the, that the people yeah, have not true. been arrested for any of this, it just shows that there's, there's far more at play than what we think. You're absolutely you know, right. Like, <laughs> You, you have FBI and, and other investigative so, uh, resources coming down there to investigate something that should have took five minutes. And the fact that there still is no <clears throat> inclusion, there's no arrest, it should absolutely tell you that there are bigger situations at play where now Trump is not only saying if they're looting, then shoot them. He's calling out the mayor for being a, a, a leftist and, and saying that he can't Radical. It. <laughs> yeah, and, and his leadership has failed. So yeah. this is this is there's far more than 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 race even in in this because this is another power play that's probably happening behind closed doors that we don't even understand is happening because in no sensible reality is it okay for these for this person and persons to still be walking the streets not arrested. They have hundreds of cops sitting outside to protect their home when they, they should they should have been arrested. It just points to the fact that the system is still at play behind the scenes. Right, right. Well, what hap what's happening now is the fact that they are, they're not stuck. They need to do what they're supposed to do. Now, talking about, we'll go back to the same thing, the dollar flying around, right? The, the police unions, they flood these campaign contributions to these DAs uh, during election time. That should be, I'm not going to say use the word illegal, but that should be viewed as unethical conflict of interest. Police unions should not be allowed to, to donate money to the elections of the county attorney, district attorney, who may have to stand in judgment of members of that department. When a police union sends a, when a police union in Minneapolis sends a $50,000 $50, donation to the contribution uh, of, of the uh, district attorney during election, that police union just bought that DA. Did we, we talk about this before? Well, that's yeah, but this is what's going. This is what's going on, and it has nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. They should not be able to put money into the coffers of a DA running for office because now that DA is saying to himself, "Damn, that union gave me seventy five thousand dollars." But now we, I have covered to sit same, okay? we, we covered but the same. We covered the same conversation yeah, nothing, with Ahmad. Nothing has nothing, nothing. has yep nothing has changed. You know, the DA's office in Fer you know, the DA in St. Louis County, yep. Ferguson, the same thing. Same these thing. DAs, these DAs should not be able to take money because they may have to sit in judgment of officers. Uh uh Amy Klobuchar, Senator Amy Klobuchar was the former Hennepin County, Minneapolis district attorney. Over two dozen police shootings, some very questionable, some a couple people said the officers should have been charged including this officer here who, who killed Floyd, all right? She declined prosecution on over two dozen police shootings and incidents. She had a chance to put her foot in this cop's ass seven years ago, and she declined. Well, you know what? You know what happens now? She probably ruined any possibility to be uh, 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 Biden's VP choice because people are going to hammer her on what occurred with this guy with with the uh, cop involved in the Floyd murder, and Joe Biden cannot afford to alienate 
black and brown constituents and his black and brown base. All right. This is what this people she got money seven, eight years ago when she was district attorney from these unions. Mm-hmm. And she paid them back by not prosecuting their cops, not only for, you know, bad shootings, but don't forget there's excessive force complaints. Well, an excessive force complaint could bring a charge of assault against a police officer. But no, well, he was resisting. The guy is handcuffed on the ground, and you got five cops giving him the boot. And there's no excessive force. There's no assault. Well, no, the officers were in performance of their duty, and we believe that he was, all right, the DA has that power. Now it's a comeback to bite her in the butt big time because you think that money that money come in should not be coming in, and they're, the, the unions are buying the DAs, playing across the country. Yeah. Across the country. <laughs> hey, guys, I got to head out. Just want to say uh, peace and blessings. You guys stay safe. Love you guys. Talk All right, Kyle, man. Bye yeah, now, we'll later. catch you on the next right, one. Man. Appreciate that. Right, yeah, and you're tuning in to Two Blue Be Black, Two Black to Be Blue. Uh, My Tribe Network Radio, powered by Brass Radio 1. And we are talking about uh, just the state of America here as we uh, continue to cover uh, you know the the shooting uh, uh, that took place in Georgia. Hey, Marv, I'm, Marv, Marv, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to break in. Sorry to break in. CNN is reporting that the officer who uh, killed Floyd has just been taken into custody. All right, all right. So hey, we 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 got some things uh, that are starting to look up. You know, and again, it, it's, it's weird that we would celebrate. You know, this man being taken into custody. I'm celebrating it. It's not weird at all. But, it's not weird at all. I'm celebrating it big time right now. I'm celebrating it. It should have happened two, three days ago. I agree. It needs to be a celebration. I agree. But the tragedy of the loss of life, that, that, that we were celebrating something that should have never had happen. This idiot should have never had his knee on the back of this this uh, individual's neck for eight minutes. Okay, say you, you, you got him down on the ground because he's fighting and it's there for a, a half a second and you move it to the proper place. But to to sit there with your hands in your pockets and your knee on the back of his neck and you hear him begging for air and squirming. And again, I'm you know, I'm thinking about all the places he said that he was in pain, right? His stomach, his knees. So that was the other two officers that we couldn't see on the original uh, uh, footage that that other officer had their knee on the back of his lower back pressing into his diaphragm and then the other officer across his leg. So every point that he was hurting there was somebody who had pressure on him. And there, and all three of these guys are sitting there and nobody has the wherewithal to say this or the courage to say, hey, enough, get up. You know, when, when I was a defensive tactics instructor and we were in our uh, DT room and we would be uh, training with the recruits, you know, you had a safety officer who monitored what was going on because that red man gear – you can't tell who's doing what, whether you're squirming because you're trying to be a part of the role play or you're squirming because you're in pain or you're being asphyxiated because you got these big recruits on the back. Huh? Sure, go ahead. You know, and I can tell you how many times that I've been in that position, you know, fighting with the recruit, trying to, you know, uh, portray myself as being a resistor and them using the techniques necessary. And they had to stop the, the, the scenario because – the recruit might be in the wrong position and the safety officer wants to make sure I don't get hurt and that the recruit learns the proper way. And so here you have the, these officers, nobody is, is is monitoring one another to say, let's monitor the suspects 
movements. Let's monitor our force. You know, you do something, you get a response, and then you either back off the force or you add more force or you add another technique. It's always a constant monitoring, and that was not done. That's why I say this has got to be murder charge, nothing less. And then the fact of the matter that uh, you got all this trauma, you know, nobody should be coming on demonizing and judging these individuals for what they're doing because this is years and years of pent-up frustration of constant injustice that we've seen over and over again in multiple cities across the country, not just in this particular city here. And uh, Stacey Abrams always. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm calling it that VP is going gonna to be her uh, her title because, you know, we do need... Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. <laughs> okay, so you go, Kamala. I'll go with well, Stacey. Well, you know, I, I, yeah, you go with Stacey. I was, you know, Val Demings, I was, I've been listening to her and seeing, you know, her positions and the fact that she comes from criminal justice, law enforcement background, and she's in Congress. And everything she's said, I've heard, you know, for a while has been basically right on point, very, very level-headed. Kamala Harris has sort of changed my personal feeling because she is out, she is there now, and she is out there, you know, saying things and doing things as a senator, which has obviously jacked up her potential big time, okay? You know me, if it's something changes my mind about a particular politician, it must have been something fairly personally significant, but uh, I, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be Harris because she's she's out there and people are seeing it and hearing it and that's what you know folks are looking for. But you know it might be Abrams, but I think Harris has probably got the inside track right well, now. Well, I, I support either one. I I can go with both. Uh, Stacy will probably be my first, but I can go with both. So I'm 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 good for both uh, Team Stacy or Team Kamala because we we need somebody who identifies and understands our plight as well as also who will go out and, and make the necessary uh, stance, you know, uh, again, not to be that hood ornament, but to be the entire package, right. to be the entire right. package. Right. You have to be, you have to be, you have to be forward with it because we now are at the position where we need Afri We need people of color in these positions that are going to make a difference. We need people of color in Congress. And in the Senate, we got there's one person of color or well, African-American in the Senate. And he's a Republican from South Carolina who just is just sucking on uh, uh, Lindsey Graham's kneecaps. Okay? Quiet is kept. And he is so quiet. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm being nice. And the thing is that <laughs> we have to be in a position where there are more people in positions of power, authority uh -huh. and influence. That's what it needs to be done. We need to continue. You know, there's a whole bunch of women who are running for Congress. That's great. Running for Senate. That's great. You know, mayor, county executive. Now, when those people get in those positions, they just can't sit down, like I said before, and just relax. They now have to get things going. You know, let's talk. Why has, why has Flint, Michigan been so ravaged? Flint, Michigan has been ravaged with that water system. Right. But yet... With this $2.2 trillion, they're coming up and giving millions and billions of dollars to billionaires and billionaire companies and, you know, $50 billion to the airlines, but they can't come up with $20 million to $25 million to redo the pipes of Flint, Michigan. 
Uh, and it's a I shame nobody's been arrested over that because, you know, again, that water was polluted on purpose. It wasn't like an accident, you know. So, right. so the fact nobody went to jail over that is is just beyond, you know, reasoning, man. You got uh, hundreds of people that have been impacted uh, by that negatively uh, health-wise, uh, you know, with the kids learning disabilities that have come out of that because of that water. And, and, and they knew the risk of doing the things that they were doing or the lack of things they were doing with the water that it was going to create that type of uh, environment. So, yeah, it's, but it goes back to, again, talking about, uh, you know, the Tuskegee uh, experiment where you had, you know, giving out syphilis to uh, individuals to see how they would respond, you know, like, like we were some science lab rat that, uh, oh, black people don't respond to syphilis the same way that white people do, you know, that don't make any sense, you know. But, again, the casualty of a few white folk to drink the bad water just to see how the rest of the uh, the persons turn out, you know, it, again, it comes back to money. If these kids Knowledge. Are, it comes back to knowledge. Well, people reason why have I, to be smart. reason why I people said money. Smart. People do have to be smart. The reason why I said money f- for those that were making it, because, again, you're looking at all the things that that bad water created, you know, the learning disabilities and the health issues driving them to the doctors, driving them to the pharmaceutical, driving to special ed, you know, kids for, for years in the projects eating lead paint, you know, and, and they were painting those apartment walls with lead paint. And so now, you know, our, our kids going to school angry because the lead is causing our bodies and our minds to, to respond to that way or the, or the learning disabilities that came out of that. And so all of that generated money. You know, there's more money in treatment than there is in prevention. And that's why you see Trump uh, being a part of uh, his company's uh, endorsement of certain, uh, what's that, that uh, hydrochloroquine that that he's telling everybody to drink. He's getting money, you know, from people purchasing that or the companies doing research with that because he's got his hands in that financially. You know, all these companies out here making money off of uh, the backs and the blood, sweat and tears. You know, we are the ones that create money, revenue for your public and your private prisons. Okay? The criminal justice system. So, that's why I said as much as they want to see us have change, at the same time, it doesn't benefit them to not have change take place. And so... This is what they've been doing. They've been doing this for the longest, and they want to continue it. And we have to say, as a community, you know, as a demographic, we need to be able to say, you know what, enough is enough. We know what's going on. We know what's going on. You're not going to have, you know, if if some doctor called you and said, hey, I want you to come in. We want to do this study. You're going to be like, "Uh, excuse me, what are you talking about? You know, study study what? You know, you can throw money all you want, but you're like, study about what? What are you going to do? What are we going to give you? We want to uh, give you this bacteria so we can see if this medicine works to clear that bacteria. Oh, oh no, you're not. But I've no, seen not. them throw money you at know? at sure. at us, you know, because I, I sure my kids have gone into doctors a number of times and they're like, Mister Stephenson, uh, you know, uh, we would like to try this study out and and we'll give you fifty bucks for ah uh, no, you ain't gonna give me fifty bucks for nothing. Keep your right. money, you know. Right. So. Oh, man. Well, we are about an hour and 38 into the show. And, and you know, I, I know we lost one of our, our callers. We might even lost our second one. I ain't heard the bishop in about 
10 minutes. <laughs> nah, you, you, you guys were going on and on and on. So, you know, sometimes he oh, get wrapped oh, up in oh, his okay. own voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You, get well, the, you know. get the boo. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, so, you know. You know I'm, I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at uh, CNN, you know, and you know they're talking about the, uh, Derek Chauvin being arrested. And I gotta say, P, I agree with you on uh, uh, the issue of Klobuchar. Now, Klobuchar, I was a, actually a fan of Klobuchar, but now realizing that she had a chance to um, prosecute this guy and probably others, you know, so that takes her off my list for VP. And I I go with uh, Kam- uh, Kamala Harris. Uh, I think that she she made a good showing. She was out on the campaign trail. Did y'all just agree uh, for president? Uh huh. Did, did well, you? No, we. Did I, I, there are times when I agree with Pete. He makes he makes good points every once in a while. You know, he's old. <laughs> every every once in a while. <laughs> I had the, the record had to scratch on that one. Did he just agree with me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I do. I I I I always did like Kamala Harris. Um, but I just didn't think that she was going, and I still think she's going to have an uphill battle, uh, or Biden's going to have an uphill battle with grabbing that middle America vote. But I think that when it, when you talk about his choice or who who his choice should be uh, as his running mate, no, America is Republican army. anyway, so I'm not concerned. Well, I'm not concerned. Well, middle, if you look at the map, Middle America is already Republican. You're talking Missouri. Nebraska, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Kansas. Oh, I agree. I agree with that. That's, but I that's, just think that's middle I, America. I, you know, that's middle I America. Really and I have respect. I got respect for that. That's middle America. It's always been Republican. It's going to be Republican again this election. So to be honest, I'm not concerned. Now, if you told me Biden would have an issue in the Northeast and the West Coast, that would be a different story, a different conversation. So you're so, surrounded by yeah. people in red? Who? Me? Yeah, yeah, you. <laughs> well, no, because you got, you know, not really, I, you know, uh, Washington, Oregon, California, Arizona's going blue all the way. Uh, New Mexico's going to stay blue. Nevada's going to stay blue. So I'm I'm pretty good. Utah? Eh. Yeah, I drove through Utah. <laughs> it was interesting, you know. <laughs> I think I'm moving to Utah. Uh, here you we know, go. I actually think I've considered moving to Utah. Uh, the conversation my wife and I had uh, about a year ago, and uh, she said, "Why Utah?" I said, "Cause I don't know anybody in Utah. Matter of fact, I don't even know if there's any black folks in Utah." So you guys will be the first. Utah, check check the Utah Department of Corrections. <laughs> that's where you. That's where. That's where you'll find. That's where you'll find a huge majority of African Americans. People. People trying to come. People driving through Utah and stopping in state. Oh my state God. Stopping in Salt Lake City. So you, now all of a sudden they're spending three years in corrections. Okay. So you saying the so, census is taking a whole bunch of collect calls from Utah correctional facility to get there? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But oh. no, I, 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 I think we. I think you know, um, as we as we look at this whole um, election process, you know, with with COVID now everything's changed. So uh, we have our primary election June twenty third, and um, you know, getting people to, out to vote is going to be you know key because um, you know Bernie's still on the ballot and absentee uh, ballot, absentee ballot. 
you got those folks, well, it's absentee or whatever. We need folks to vote, man. We, That's we what really I'm saying. Put that message out there to vote uh, because um, um, uh, the, the time is at hand. As, as John the Baptist was preaching uh, throughout his time, the time's at hand. So you, we need to understand that this election is important for a lot of reasons, not not just to get Trump out, but to um, if we're going to have affect any kind of change in America, it, it begins now, especially for black folks. I agree. I agree. So we're down to our last, uh, say, 16, 17 minutes. And uh, I was looking to switch gears since we were already kind of talking political anyway. Uh, what, what's your thoughts, man, and stance on this whole Twitter deal? Because, uh, you know, that's been IQ45's main uh, platform for his tirades. And now it seems like him and Twitter are falling out of love. I'm actually glad well, you, you know just what? brought to be that honest, up. They can, they can have it. He can have it. It's a non-starter to me because he can't he can't control Twitter. He can't control social media. He can sit there and 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 twiddle his thumbs talking about an executive order. His executive order does not supersede standing the current standing law, and he knows that he's just putting stuff out to feed it to his base to make it look like he's doing presidential duties. And it's all personal. It's all personal, and it's all relating to him. He can't control social media. And the First Amendment covers Twitter like an armored plate, so he can he can do what he want to do. He just let said me, two hours ago, it. revoke two thirty. And for those out there that don't know what two thirty is, that's Section two thirty of the U.S. law, which protects social media companies. So I don't know. He, he's certainly trying. I don't know if he'll get it done. Let 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 let's let's talk about what an ass he really is. Okay, look at this. This is the same guy who uh, made sure that net neutrality was repealed. Y'all remember that back in 2018? I certainly okay. do. And net, net neutrality basically said that all Internet communications must be treated equally. And who brought right? that up? Who, so if, who created that? <laughs> oh, well, well, we won't. I, you no, know, no, we, I, no, we will. So you better say it. <laughs> it was a black guy you better who, say who signed that into law. His name is Obama. And so in his zeal to get rid of everything that Obama uh, had established, he destroyed, he repealed net neutrality. So in the repeal of net neutrality, had he not done that, he, he could have he argued that my communication is what it is and you have to treat all communications equally. So now... Now he's, he's, he signs a new order uh, talking about, uh, I forget what the new order says, but he's against, he's totally against what they're, what they're doing to him. The, the dude is a total, he's a star natal fool, as my mother would say back in the day. Yeah. He's a star natal fool. You know, um, you, you, you repeal the law, but then you, you complain because there's no law in place. Come on now. What kind of foolishness is that? But he's been doing <laughs> that for a while. It's stupidity. It's, it's based on stupidity. The man is stupid. He does not understand that he is not above the law. As much as he wants to think he is and trying to do everything from that building on Pennsylvania Avenue, okay? He believes he's above the law, and he can do and say and make it what it is due to an executive order. That executive order isn't worth the paper it's written on. And we all know no. it. We all know it. And he's just I, – I I'm not going to use this term, but he's just – I'm going to use the term I used before, twiddling his thumbs. 
Okay, plain and simple. That was nice. On November third, on November third, when we had the opportunity to right this wrong, stop this mess, correct these issues, people have to get out there and vote like their life depended on it. All right, because this is the fool who still has the nuclear codes. All right. Yeah, and we this should probably ridiculous. mention why we're saying this that. Is, I cannot believe this man is talking and doing the things he's doing. When the when the looting starts, the shooting starts. This should, man has lost his damn we mind. We should probably mention while we're talking about that, uh, the last day for the New York State primary today. So if you're not registered, everybody should hop on there. Vote.nyc is the uh, website. You can hop on there and register. So throw that out there real quick. I'm not, vo- I'm not voting in New York. Hey, hey! He's you better not. For whoever, I'm not like. For I'm, whoever I'm boycotting New York. That would be criminal. You, you would, you would, if you voted in New York, you would be one of those people Trump's been talking about for all this. Yeah, time. I'm not voting. I'm, I'm holding my vote. Uh, it, look, don't bring that person up again. <laughs> we still have, we still haven't talked since that last one. Oh my God! So you listening to Two Blue to Be Black, Two Black to Be Blue here on My Tribe Network Radio? Powered by Brass Radio 1. That dial-in number is 585-653-0021. I got the good lieutenant in the house. I got uh, Mr. Blake. Uh, We lost Mr. Banks, and we still got the good bishop on, and we're down to about, uh, where are we at? Just a little bit over 12 minutes left. And, and, uh, you know, again, we're talking about IQ 45. You know, uh, I still don't believe that this, uh, this guy, this idiot, is taking the medication, you know. I, I want to see him come on camera like Cuomo did, and 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 Cuomo did the test. And I mean, they shoved that that Q-tip way down. <laughs> way, I was like, yo, man, like how far are you? Like his back of his head has got to be reached right now. But that, they, that's but, why I tickled your your, your your brain. He found he found the central nervous system with that thing. <laughs> but you know, at least he did it on the camera. So everybody can see it. You know, IQ 45 has sat here and said that he's taking the medicine that he wants everybody to take. But ain't nobody seen him take it yet. So I, I don't really believe that he's taking it. You know, I really don't. and Because he's just a snake oil salesman and, and a fraud. You know, he wants to talk about fraud and election and all that stuff. You know, you, you, you spew out all these lies. And I think somebody, I forgot which news media it was, they actually kept track of how many lies he's he's um stated since he's been in office the last three years and it's well over in the hundreds of thousands already i mean this guy has made so many lies that he is up there probably about 16 or twenty thousand lies and i'm just trying to say on the low end of, of the guests but you know it's, it's about time somebody start fact checking him so I, I applaud you know uh twitter for for stepping up and 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 taking some of his stuff down especially the, the hate and, and that dog whistle stuff that he's been putting out there that has really created this atmosphere of of folk uh, feeling uh, emboldened to go out and do their dirt. Um, and, and I'm willing to bet. I'm willing to bet money. I'm willing to bet money. He did not take that medication or that those pills. I'm willing to bet money. He did not do it. I you agree. know why he didn't do it? You know why he didn't do it? Because he's, he's a breathing. coward. <laughs> he's he's a coward. Breathing. He he knows that that medicine. Or that those pills have caused the death of a lot of people, okay, because they had adverse reactions to it. Yep. That alone, that alone would have had the people on Pennsylvania Avenue telling him, no, we're not prescribing that. No, we're not giving it to you. No, 
you should not be taking it. But he'll right. go on TV and tell that lie because nobody can fact check it at this point. Nobody can say that at 10 o'clock every night, he sits his fat behind down on a, on a couch with a glass of water taking one of those pills. Nobody can't say whether he's doing it or not. It can't be fact checked. I, I, I want Fauci to administer it right there uh, on, yeah. on, at the podium. Fauci ain't going to do it. Excuse me. Excuse me. Where is Fauci? Have y'all seen him lately? Well, he, no. he, got, he quarantined himself because he got sick. That was three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah he was exposed. <laughs> oh, I see what you're trying to say. They were exposed. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Put, put a missing person out on any, op- any open windows? <laughs> put a missing person out for Fauci. Yo, but check it out, I'm though. serious, man. So while we talk about conspiracies, <clears throat> AP, I don't know if you've been following this, but we had a guy from Virginia who uh, – they 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 really low keyed his uh his uh look like Russian name, but he was driving his eighteen wheeler and was having a shootout in Leroy with yep. the police. Yeah, they well, finally they, they, they finally shot him to death in Geneseo. That's from what I heard. Yeah, yeah. So they killed yeah. him. But here's the thing: he had he had his social media up. You know, he they was trying to spin that he was anti police, but yet he did one of his social media posts in a police uniform. But he was uniform from what department? It didn't. I couldn't tell. I I got to try to catch nah, that. He, I, I I think I think he was just a, a, a nutcase. But but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Reason. Here's where I'm going with this bishop. So he he was up here or or en route to here to be a part of one of those extreme uh, uh, groups to start a race war. <laughs> Start a race war. Start a ra- everybody talk about these fools, these mental cases who want to start a race war and can't and and, and and can't get out of their own way. Let alone he's driving a damn tractor trailer. Okay, like they would be able. I think you missing the point where Sarge is going. The guy was rushing. <laughs> so well, I, I, yeah. I put out, I put and, it out there. Know, I put it out there. The, uh, he's uh, Trump, he's Trump, rushing. Trump's the friend of the Russians. Right. <laughs> he's right. not. Oh, he's 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 not a friend of the Russians. He's owned by the Russians. And what was Whatever. in the truck? That's a that's a big difference. Nothing that's was divulged. What was in the truck? We have yet to know. Was he a truck oh, driver? That's, that's a good point. Where yeah. did where did he get the truck from? And what was in the truck? That stuff hasn't come was out. Was it yet. a full was, was it a full tractor trailer or just a tractor? It was a full. No, the tractor whole tractor tra- trailer. The whole. Okay. <laughs> And they didn't say what was in the trailer. They ain't said nothing. No, they did say they did say who it was owned by, and it was owned by a Russian company. Okay. But what's in it? What's the cargo? Mm. You got me. Yeah, yeah, I got so, you. So I, I ain't trying to be a conspiracist, but I'm just saying you up here because you part of this uh, uh, racist group, this militia group. You don't like law enforcement, but you taking pictures in a law enforcement uniform. And you driving a truck, but ain't nobody said you a truck driver or got a license, and nobody has asked the question or mentioned what was you hauling, what's in the truck. And it took him forever to put, put up his second name. I, I think I, I think I'll I'll tweet out to Sheriff Doherty uh, and ask him what was in the truck and see if he responds. I, I'm just curious <laughs> because we knew that what what we had uh, the DC sniper. Yeah, we had a full dossier about that cat. Oh sure. Okay, so uh, again, we talk about the system and protecting uh, their 
uh, radical group, but outing any of our group that even remotely could be construed as radical. And that's why I said we got, you know, we got to start asking the questions like them. You know, I think one brother said, hey, when, when you got a suspicious white guy walking in your neighborhood, call the police. Don't just let them walk. Call the police. Because when they start experiencing the same discomforts that we're experiencing, then maybe they'll start to be more sympathetic to our situation. Yeah, I'd they say be careful doing that because the they're going to mess around and turn on you. They, say again, say, they won't experience the same thing. I, I, I said I would be careful doing something like that because those police will mess around and turn on the person calling. <laughs> well, we exactly. in, in you can call climate, anonymous. <laughs> yeah, you can call anonymous. I'm, well, that's a good point. You, you can call anonymous. True. So I go just, ahead, Bishop. I just think that I just think that uh, you know some of these um, cops who don't look like us um, when they come and because I call the, the on the on the white guy who doesn't belong in my neighborhood, um, they'll just. Maybe give him a ride or escort him out of my neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I I I don't I don't know. I just don't. I don't. I'm at a point now where it's you almost don't trust any part of the process. You know. Yep, and I think it's by design. I think a lot of it is is desired that way, which is why I say you know when we talk about running for office, like you were alluding to earlier, having somebody run against you know the current uh, law law enforcement administration. We and I found this, you know, to, just in a short stint that I ran, uh, you know, uh, we don't have that stamina politically. You know, it's like when we get into the process of running for office, there is so much of backbiting and backstabbing going on uh, that you, you know, we as a people, we just we don't have a tolerance and patience for that because we, we we're wired differently. Like, like Cedric, the entertainer said. You know, if we were to play hockey, we wouldn't be out there chasing the puck because we would be just skating around looking for a fight, right? Because we, we hire a wire like, if you start coming at me physical like that, then I'm going to forget about the game. Let's just throw. Mm-hmm. And so in politics, you know, a lot of times we get out there and when you start to get hit with all these different type of uh, what we call political jabs, some of that stuff is like, yo, wait a minute. You know, this ain't political. Now you're making this personal and so we tap out so we don't find ourselves getting locked up, you know, and, and I think a lot of it is by design. They know that we don't we like, have, you know, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, we have to withstand that. No, we have to withstand those political jabs. We know that right now I'm walking around and I'm enjoying myself and I'm living my life. But now if I want to run for political office and people are going to say, oh, let's find out, you know, let's do the opposition research. We know that's part of politics. Now, if I was an individual who had been involved in illegal activity, shady activity, or stuff that was really totally messed up, you know, uh, it, that type of stuff is going to come back to haunt. All right, that's what happens. You can't, all, you know, you can you can try it, and some people have been successful. They had a very they had a bad background, but the voters, for some odd reason, did not care. Yeah. So now, as we are in our uh, people become eight, 18 years old, 20 years old, 22, 26, 27. They have to be remindful that what they do in that age range could come back to bite them when they're 40 years old, yeah, 38 true. years old, 45. Now, all of a sudden, this 45-year-old wants to run for mayor of Rochester, 
right? But now people are saying, you know what? Uh, we got some information that you when you was at MCC, you was the Casanova Rover. What does that mean? What was that? <laughs> now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, you got forty-five-year-old people, you know, saying, "Oh yeah, when I was going to school with him, he did this, he did that." Uh, you know, all this type of stuff will come up when they're doing opposition research. That's why they call it opposition. Mm. They're trying to. They're trying to find a way to shoot you down, no pun intended, so that they can become the chosen person. This is the type of stuff that we have to be mindful as we are growing. People make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Right. Nobody is perfect. Nobody is perfect. All right? So so last but, 30 seconds, we we down to that. I can't believe how quick it went, but we're down to last 30 seconds. So what's our closing remarks? Uh, well, we just, we are, we're, we're going to listen to you know, the prosecutors are getting ready to speak in Minnesota. We're going to hear what they got to say. And uh, IQ45 is going to do a song and dance and circus show. You know, we're going to see what happens. And maybe with this guy being taken into custody, Minnesota can start to heal. You know, stop the stop the looting, stop the fires, stop the violence, stop whatever's going on, and get back to being normal. But it's got to start somewhere. And hopefully, maybe this arrest will be the start of it. All right, all right. Uh, Bishop? Be safe and everybody apply for a pistol permit. <laughs> <laughs> Blake? I'll end with a quote from Langston Hughes. Negroes, sweet and docile, meek, humble, and kind. Beware the day they change their mind. All right, man. Well, we're going to leave it there. You have to tune in to Two Blue to Be Black, Two Black to Be Blue here on My Tribe Network Radio, powered by Brass Radio 1. And this has been uh, a... a a, a journey. Oh, my gosh. I can't say enough. This is definitely therapy uh, for me today to talk with my fellas, my brothers, uh, about, uh, you know, the state of America right now uh, and this country. And so we're going to continue this uh, uh, this talk about uh, being black in America, the first pandemic on next Friday, uh, first week in June. So. Hey, be safe. You guys got some bad weather heading your way. Yeah, it's coming down right now, man. It's coming down right okay. now. Yeah, they're talking about potential tornadoes. So be be safe, y'all. Batting down the hatches. Yeah, well, I'm going to go find some basement space somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Thank y'all. Stay black. <laughs>